Oh, shit. with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. And Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon slash... Uh, Storm Shelter. Sorry, I was getting a, another beer. I would like to welcome you all to yet another episode of Three Beers In. The Craft Beer Show bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. I'm your host, Dom. This is episode number 171. <sighs> I ran over. And this week, <sighs> we are drinking from Sacconi or Saucony. I, I gotta get the pronunciation right. Brewing Company. Unicorns on a road trip. Uh, and you know me, I love a good gimmick when you come across it. Am I playing too? Oh, shit. My bad. Oh, this whole intro was a little uh, a little crazy here. I played another track. I was screaming from across the room. There's The windows are open down here because it is god-awfully hot. Now, I've said this before on the show that right now down here is... I mean, it'll make you pray, because if this is anything what hell is like, you just don't want to be a part of it. It makes the beer hot pretty darn quick, but I'm drinking them pretty darn fast, so it's okay. No problems there. Mm. How's everybody doing right now, huh? It's been a, it's been a while. Now, I'm going to prerequisite this show by saying if you don't like crisp, clean audio where there's no background noise or anything like that to distract you, then maybe episode 171 is not going to be for you. I have to keep these windows open because it is way too hot down here. And the rain that's here right now is actually providing a bit of a relief of the humidity that was in the room. So I have to keep them open. I opened them up to try to just get some air. That was a mistake. Because it kind of let the hot air in. But here we are. We're moving on. We're pushing through. The pre-show beer. Now, I started the show before... um, Whatchamacallit, before I had a fresh beer in my hand or in my glass, and that's not good. You have to have a fresh beer on you. And and now this is called uh, Benedictine, Bene, Benedictiner Hell. It's a Hell's Lager beer, uh, and it's a Bavarian-style Hell's Lager. Now, um, this is a German, this is a beer straight from Germany. I don't know precisely where this one's from. I'm going to have to look into it for you if you if you're interested. But I don't even know the ABV of this one, but it's a Hellas Lager beer. It's all in German, so you can't even read the, any English on here. It says, Gebraut nach dem Deutschen Reinheitsgebet. So I'm assuming that it's created, this beer is um, brewed under the style of the old law, the purity law from Deutschland, from Germany, Bavarian-style lager beer. Uh, so you might ask yourself, what's the difference between a Hellas style lager and like a regular Pilsner uh, from <clears throat> from Germany? And you just head on over to beeravage.com, uh, which you definitely know what it is. And if you haven't and you're new to beer, it's pretty much the go-to spot for all the information you really need when it comes to all beer, whether it's craft or not. And what they say in their style section is that a Hellas lager means Hellas means pale in color as these beers are often golden. The German-style Hellas Lager is a bit rounder or fuller-bodied than light lager and even a all-malt pilsner. Hellas Lager beers offer a touch of sweetness that balance a measurable addition of spicy German hop flavor and light bitterness. The malt character is soft and bready, uh, making it a terrific complement to light dishes such as salad or fresh shellfish like clams. Clean and crisp, this is a refreshing beer with substance. Low levels of yeast produce sulfur aromas, and flavors may be common. So <clears throat> the way I look at it when I when I drink this beer, like, so I'm a big Bitburger guy, which is just your regular kind of German Pilsner, and I'm a big uh, Kolsch fan. This is similar to the Kolsch, but it's a little bit more crisp, um, and it's less bitter than the Bitburger, so it's kind of like an in-between. If you bring this to 
a barbecue as well as a Kolsch to a barbecue or to an event that's outside if you're allowed to have it because I know you got to social distance and all that. Uh, this is going to, you know, people are going to praise you for it because it is a delicious beer. Again, so I don't even know what, excuse me, like where, the, let me see. Oh, it might be here on the, um, on Beer Advocate. Hang on, let me, uh, let me do a pause. Oh, shit. Let me pause real quick. So, yeah, I was able to find it on Beer Advocate. And uh, sorry I cursed, but I didn't curse really, but papers are sticking in my fucking arms because of the, uh, how humid it is. But you're able to very quickly, you know, go in alphabetical order, the brewery and the beer, and the beer to see what's up here. This is from Kaiser Ludwig Platz et al. Germany. Uh, it's just a brewery. I mean, it's not one of the big names that you'll see, but, you know, segueing into what happened to me today. <clears throat> um, let me, I'll get into that in a second because I missed the 4th of July. That's why I wasn't, oh, anyway, so yeah. It's a Hellas Lager. It's delicious. You you cannot go wrong bringing this to any event, especially where you're outside at a barbecue where you need to have something a little bit more light-bodied and stuff like this. This is going to have as much bite as a Bitburger would, and it's enjoyable. Uh, moving on. So uh, I last week was the 4th of July, and I don't know if if you heard, but um, every uh, there must have been like a deal in Pennsylvania where the fireworks were buy one, get 67000 because the entire world was being bombarded. I felt like I was just transported to Dresden or something. It was it was intense. Dresden in World War II, for those of you that don't know. Very intense, lots of fireworks. I happened to be at a, a cousin, not a cousin, um, my, my wife's uh, aunt's house that they just bought in uh, Manalapan, New Jersey, which is out there. It's good. And it was really nice. It was a nice little uh, semi-gated community. It was kind of like a, a dead-end street roundabouty type thing. And there were so many fireworks. I mean, it was just so cool because I remember when I was a kid, fireworks were just part and parcel with uh, the 4th of July. And now as I'm like an old, like, get-off-my-lawn kind of guy with a kid, I get the whole fireworks. Thing. It's like, look, July 4th is great, but it's now July 11th, right, today? And they're still kind of every night. Well, they're not going to do it now because we've been in the middle of a monsoon-type tropical storm thing. But um, <coughs> fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. I'm all for them. Uh, you know, we built the three beers in cannon here when Rob was here. God rest his soul. And that was so much fun. That's a lot of la- It's loud and crazy. So I'm all for it. But I hope you enjoyed your 4th of July. I hope you had a good time. I hope you're able to see some friends and family, even though still, still, we are under this lockdown type situation where it is hard for people to get out there and see things and be a part of stuff. And uh, we we just survived a monsoon here. Um, Yesterday, I wanted to make a trip out to Joe Canals because this is the last beer, the Unicorns on a Road Trip, which is a New England style IPA. I don't think I got into that because the intro was very, very crazy. It's a 5.6% uh, New England style IPA. Kind of wanted to save the best for last. This is from Pennsylvania, Kutzburg uh, Kut- or something, Kutzburg, Pennsylvania. And, you know, I've been waiting, waiting and praying for that juice bomb. So we, um, the the monsoon came yesterday because there was apparently a hurricane, May, Hurricane Fay or something. And now, I mean, I get it because right now this country is in the grips of the craziest thing that's probably ever happened. I, mean, I never thought in my lifetime that I would see a pandemic or epidemic in the in the level where they would shut down shit. Like, I never thought I would see that. Like, I, I mean, not that I would even think that it would happen. It was just It's just so crazy that this is the world that we're living in right now. Like, I mean, are hurricanes even going on? Because, we, we, you know, if we weren't, we, when we weren't living in the hyper-politicized um, world with a plague on us, all you heard about was how the world was ending. I mean, the last I heard, I mean, before all this, we were mesmerized by the world on fire. The world was on fire, right? The Brazilian Amazon was pretty much gone, correct? Like, I mean, <clears throat> are these things still going on? They have to be, right? It's just that they're not covering it. I mean, the, the world was in a tailspin, before all this COVID stuff happened. And it's just so funny to me how America, maybe America, I don't know. We're so hyper-focused on on certain things. It's like we're, we're focused on one thing and then we're on to the next thing and then we're focused on it again and we're on to the next thing and, and this, that, and the third. This thing, it's, it's too big to not, to, to move on from, you know? Like, 
the 24-hour news cycle that we have, it's so hard for us to stay on one subject. And then you have a lot of Dunning-Kruger effect happening, which for those of you that don't know, I'm pretty sure it's the Dunning-Kruger effect, is you have so many people in this country today, especially of my generation, more, more especially of my generation, that they cannot concede that they don't know something about a situation or about something. The words, I don't know, or I don't have an opinion, or I can't say I have an opinion about that because I don't know anything about it, is not in the lexicon of my generation, right? And I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm soapboxing here a little bit, but because we're so focused on, and then what happens is, <clears throat> Someone will say something, right? And you'll be like, hold on a second. I have an opinion on this. And then they'll Google it. And then they'll text back what they feel. And then they feel like they have this intelligence. They feel like they have this knowledge. But all they did was parrot something that they looked up. And they kind of don't have the knowledge or the information in their brains. So I kind of do that a little bit with beer. I'm not going to lie. I have a beer show and I've been doing it for a little while. I do think I am versed in beer because I've been doing it for a while, and I talk about it a lot. I read about it a lot. So I think I have a bit of an authority, so to speak. I'm not going to sit here and try to seem like I'm the fucking grand, grand swami of beer. But I do think I can I could stand there and have a discussion about it. I can't sit there and have a discussion about economics with you, okay? I could very easily... Uh, this is what happens with text messaging and stuff, right? And I'm going to get off this topic in a second, but when, when, when you're able to text message and, and, you know, take your time to, you know, I can't stand here and look up this, that, and the third when it comes to economics, right, in front of someone. I'm not going to sit there and be like, hold on, let me Google it. I'll tell you a little bit about trade. Give me a second. But you'll have people in these group chats or on the Internet or on these messages with people, and they'll, they'll do this, and then it gives them a false sense of intelligence. And I think that's what the Dunning and Kruger effect is. And it's, uh, if, I'm, if, I don't, if I remember correctly, look at me. I actually sound like someone with this disease or this, um, what is it called, this projection by just talking about it. This really hits the spot. The beer's sweating more than me right now. It's okay, sweetheart. Hang on there. We're going to be all right. I don't know. What the fuck am I even talking about? I kind of went off a little bit on a tangent here. This is a beer show. Don't be mistaken, everybody. I'm so sorry. I think sometimes I can. I, I, I need to go off a little bit, right? So this is the last beer right here, and I needed to make a trip out to Joe Canals, and I knew if I didn't do it uh, yesterday or today, I wasn't going to do it, and then I would be thumb up my ass, Another week without an episode, but I need to do the show weekly. This is my focus, and I will do it for you people, I promise. So, what happened here? I made my trip out to Joe Canals today, got caught in a little bit of a monsoon. And also, shout out to Pete Sullivan, who's now no longer beautified, who's no longer in line to be a saint. He's officially a saint. He officially became the saint because he wore the garb. This guy is out there. The second that the breweries were opening up their beer gardens and opening up for outdoor seating and outdoor tastings, this man hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, but he will be back. He hit it. He went out there, and he was spotted wearing a Three Beers In t-shirt, which you can get right now if you go to www.3beersin.com and go to the merch tab and then go to Teespring, and they're going to order. And it's really, really nice. <clears throat> Got to see him wearing the shirt, wearing the mask, too, making sure he's responsible. Bravo to him. Bravo to everything that's going on. Oh, so excited. I mean, really, it was just so wonderful to see. So wonderful to see. So thank you to Pete Sullivan, who's now St. Pete Sullivan. St. Pete Sullivan. Others have been beautified. Those names will come up, and then when they get the shirt, they become saints. So St. Pete Sullivan went out there, was repping the brand. And the reason I bring up the shirt, well, I was going to bring it up anyway because he is now beautified. I mean, he's now sainthood, officially sainthood. He's written down in the book in the Vatican and everything. When I go when I go in the dresser drawer to pick out a shirt, I really don't. I just grab a shirt and whatever I throw on, I throw on. That's kind of how I operate. Doesn't really, um, you know, I'm not a fashionista. If that's what we're getting at, so I grab the shirt and what is it? It's my three beers in shirt, right? And I was making my trip out to Joe Canals. Now I felt like such a fucking what was it? What's the word I'm looking for? Such a yeah. <laughs> I can't even think of a word going to the beer place wearing my shirt. And I was like trying to see if people were looking at me and stuff, you know, to see if they noticed. No one did. But 
making that trip out to Joe Canals, the pilgrimage for me out to Joe Canals. It's a nice little ride. Wife and kids stayed home because, you know, what are they going to do? Wait in the car while I go, daddy goes and buys his beer. So I go out there and I get there and it's packed out, which is great. I was like, oh, this is fantastic because this is like, I need this business to survive. Oh, holy shit. Totally almost forgot about this. Sidebar, ladies and gentlemen. So sorry. Followers of the show for a while know that Beverage Island was the Shangri-La of Staten Island when it came to going to get craft beer. Now, this is crazy. I had a big nail in the tire of my my, my rear uh, driver's side tire. Had to go get a patch. Went down to the tire shop that's literally one block away from where Beverage Island used to be. I go in there. I get the patch. I go to pay. And who is it but a guy... Young, young guy, he's got to be at least 22 years old, very young, who used to work at Beverage Island. And I look at him, I'm like, hey, I, I remember you. You used to work at Beverage Island. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you. You have the show and stuff. I'm like, yeah, man. Whatever happened to that place? Because the place is fucking, was amazing. And he goes, yeah, yeah, they they, they will move to another location. Now, he could have said they closed down. He could have said, but he goes, move to another location. And I said, yeah, I know that, but what happened? He goes, they're, they're waiting for another liquor license. Apparently, they had to, something got bungled with the paperwork or something, and they're waiting on their next license. So, no official word, okay? This is word on the street, because three beers in, I listen to the people. I got, the, I got my finger on the pulse of the people in the streets, Right? And word on the street is Beverage Island is still around, but they're just waiting for a new liquor license. This gives me hope. Not that I don't mind driving out to Joe Canals, but I do. I, I would like to 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 stay close to home because I could go there a little more frequently and get fresher beer and stuff like that and stuff. That there's releases and stuff because there was just this little area in the back. That Manny had kind of like put aside to the real craft beer drinkers. You know who I'm talking about. People listening to the show know about it. That's where he put all the Staten Island local stuff that came out fresh. Not to say all their beer is fresh. You know, not trying to bash any businesses, but always check the dates. So I get out to Joe Canals, right? So, hey, yeah, so sorry. To wrap up the sidebar there, there is hope for Joe Canals. I mean, uh, for Beverage Island. So I go out to Joe Canals, right? And it's packed out, which is great. I had to park all the way in the corner. I was excited to see. I was like, thank God, because if this place closed, I'm I'm supremely fucked. Like, what am I going to do? I, I just don't think I have the, the pocketbook or the wallet to order beers online because the shipping will fuck you right in the ass. You're not going to get as... I mean, I went into Joe Canals today and I bought beer for the next, I mean, two months maybe, maybe more, and I spent like 100 bucks. Because the rest of the beers that I got were just for fucking... I don't need to have pre-show beer, but it kind of warms me up for the show. And I bought a whole bunch of this Hellas and this Bitburger. Because when you see a four-pack of delicious German beer and it's like eight bucks, you can't go wrong, man. You just, you're going to pile on. So I, I bought all that. Um, so now I get into the store. This is the, and I'm going to tell you what the, the crux of the story. Get into the store, wearing the shirt, feeling good. <laughs> And I go inside, and the line, because you got to do social distancing, right? And I guess there was just four cashiers at the time or three cashiers at the time. The, the line was stretching all the way back to the, the beer aisle, right? So I was like, I had to go through, P, I had the cart. I didn't want to trek through those people. So I take a right-hand turn down the gin aisle, make a left down uh, the Chardonnay aisle, you know. And I make my way to the back left-hand corner, which is where the craft beer singles are. Where I go back there, what I go do is I go back there and I get two of each. I get two of each beer that I review for the show because when I pause to look over my show notes and stuff, I start the review. I'll drink the beer, write out what I feel, and then for the beer review, I open a fresh one and I have it and I go over the notes and do like a reconciliation of the do. So thank God for that because Beverage Island had that thing where I can get uh, uh, however many singles, doubles, whatever I wanted. So I go around the corner. And I turn and I look at the wall of the single craft beer section and it's fucking empty. Now, I know we got listeners of the show in New Jersey and New York alike. And maybe someone hit that up, hit that place up right before I did. But I sat there for a second and my my heart went right into my asshole and then back up to my throat again. It was just up and down like an elevator in there. 
And I'm like, oh, I'm fucked, you know, because I make this trip all the way out here and I got to figure this out. Now, thank goodness. Thank, thank goodness Joe Canals is such a fantastic place that there was, just, there was still more than enough for me to, to, excuse me, to load up for the next couple of weeks. So not only will the show go on, but I feel that when I do this type of rotation thing, where I, I was, last time I was there was maybe like three months ago, right? Or four months ago even. I feel like when I do that much, that long of a turnaround, when I get there, it's all unique beer again, right? That's another great thing about this place. They keep it rotating. So I got beers from breweries that I have not touched yet, which is something that I really like to do on the show. I don't like to do duplicates. I like to do something unique every time. I also grabbed a four-pack of beer from Kane Brewery, Brewing, uh, which is a place that I don't think I've hit up yet, but I've heard a lot about. I see them on Facebook all the time and stuff like that. So I'm really glad that I was able to make it out there to go out there and get the shirts. I mean, excuse me, the beers. Um, wearing the shirt <laughs> that you also can get at www.3beersin.com. Go to the merch section. Um, but, yeah, it was great. And... Uh, you know that's 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 enough about uh, for a little bit of a pre-show thing. Let's get right into the uh, to the crux of the show and let's get to the hop of the week, shall we? All right. Crack open a fresh one here. Let's get right into it. So the hop we're doing this week is called Strata Hop. I don't think we've done this one yet. I went through the list and I didn't see it, so that's good. Uh, because I don't like to do repeats. Like I said, I don't like to drink uh, beers that I've done before or review beers that I've done before or talk about hops that I've talked about before. But this one is the one of the biggest. Now, I'm on morebeer.com, which I ordered uh, a keg from recently because I'm going to start kegging my home brews instead of uh, bottling them. Though for people I share them to, I will put them in bottles. Uh, you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer than uh, the rest Getting a five-gallon fucking keg, though, like, it's 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 saying, like, this is all for me, right, basically. Because you can't really put them in a growl or anything like that. Because I'm not paying $250 for the attachment to make it not so fizzy for the growler. Here we go. Strata Hops or Strata Hops. This is the description that's written here from morebeer.com, and it says, We think Strata is the next amazing aroma hop. Our hop buyer, Marcus, was super high on this hop from the first sniff. Then Vito did hop selection in 2019 and came back raving about this hop. Now, now that we have had it in several commercial beers, everyone at More Beer, exclamation point, is loving it. One of the first commercial beers that made us go wow was Strata Dust from Bear Bottle Brewery in San Francisco. Another was New School Kicks um, from the Imperial Imperial Beer Project. We've all had a million Citra and Mosaic beers in the last couple of years. And while those hops are amazing and we'll drink them any day of the week, we are ready for something new and we think Strata will be the same in the same echelon. I find this really interesting because when you go to morebeer.com and look at their hops and stuff, there's never a write-up this large in it. So they're big believers in it too. And and I do know that there's a lot of craft beer, uh, breweries that are following suit. At its core, Strata is an IPA slash session IPA slash pale ale hop with many layers of different fruit flavors, dried and fresh, anchored uh, with a dried chill cannabis, chili cannabis funk. Yeah, take that in. Uh, the grower, the grower, Indie Hops says Strata does not have any diesel, machine oil, or caddy baggage. Uh, since we are not huge on machine oil in our beers, that is a bonus. <clears throat> uh, late hot side additions bring out layers of rounded, tropical plus bright, fresh fruit flavors. Dry hopping yields more grapefruit and cannabis. Now, this is the first time that I'm reading the word cannabis twice in the description of a hop. So this is super, super dank just on the description alone. We think the tropical fruit that we all kind of love. Oh, I'm sorry. This sentence kind of really asked. Oh, okay. This sentence fucked me up in the beginning here. We think the tropical fruit that we all know and love along with other interesting complexities is what makes this hop shine. 
We also dig that this amazing hop is coming out of Oregon from a hop company appropriately named Indie Hops. When hops were in short supply, some hop growers in Yakima, the old school hop epicenter, shunned us. Uh, They would sell directly to breweries or in their own packaging uh, where they would uh, where they could do full markup. We met Indie Hop Growers 10 years ago, and these guys are laid back, super cool, and always supported more beer. Indie started a hop uh, beer, uh, excuse me, a hop breeding program with Oregon State to develop killer new aroma hops outside of Yakima, and Strata is their first home run. So perhaps we could be biased, but we think the hop smells for itself. Leave a review and let us know what you think. So the alpha acid composition here is 11 to 12.5%, so it's not necessarily, you know, underbittered. Uh, but the flavors and aromas that come out are tropical, fresh fruit, uh, grapefruit, and cannabis. Again, the cannabis thing. So apparently morebeer.com has a a very close-to-home opinion when it comes to uh, the Strata Hop, but I have seen it in some beers that come out. Killsboro is definitely using them right now. I've, I've seen them in some of their latest, I believe in some of their latest uh, beers that have come out, but I've definitely seen them uh, shouted out uh, or or spoken of before on beers that they've uh, released. So I do, this really interests me big time because when we had that episode when we were talking about pro- proprietary hops and how they kind of have they, the, uh, the that, you know, strong-arming the hop market, so to speak, the Akima Valleys and all that, especially with the mosaics and the, and the, and the, um, the mosaics and the, and the citrus, and how we read that article about the, how Canada, how hop growers in Canada were getting really fucked by the fact that these guys had these awesome hops. You know, it kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, what are the possibilities out there outside of Yakima? And, and you know, I, I support this. I think this is really cool. Not that I have anything against the uh, the guys at Yakima. I mean, listen, they got the, they came out with a product that was really fucking awesome. I bought hops from Yakima Valley for some of my homebrews. And I'm not going to say they were overpriced or anything like that. I mean, it was like a dollar dollar more than like your standard hops that you might see you know oh there's people talking outside so you might hear that so i mean it wasn't a big huge deal but still to see this type of um exposure and to see this type of hype over these hops i think that's pretty exciting the beer news ladies and gentlemen the time that everyone's been waiting for. What's going on in the craft beer world? Also gives me time to drink some delicious beer here. So, you know, what I find really awesome about some craft breweries is that they will do session IPAs or, or session beers, so to speak. Let me say IPAs, but session beers that will uh, center around a specific hop, right? So Common Roots, as I was in Joe Canals recently, I, I saw that Common Roots had the Citra hop, single hop beer. There's a lot of single hop beers where they try to really get the beer uh, to have the hop shine more than anything else to just kind of showcase to you what the hops can do. And now this article from craftbrewingbusiness.com, and I think this is really fantastic, Fermentation experts at White Labs are now, excuse me, are now packaging their beer, showcasing yeast strains. And this is from Keith Gribbins. And I think this is great because this is going to be your way of now understanding more and more what you're going to get in terms of the flavor when it comes to yeast. Now, the first thing you see in this article is White Labs, of course, you know, doing their own brewing. And they have a nice, it's really cool looking can. It's got like some chemistry looking like octagons on it and stuff like that. And this is called the Tabor IPA, brewed with WLP001 California Ale Yeast. Now, for a lot of you out there that are into home brewing, you'll know that like th- this is how your your yeasts are, are, are coming, are, are shown, you know. You know, they come out with the WLP001 or the, like, the, it's just easier for people to like, talk about homebrewing when they abbreviate them like this. So for a lot of homebrewers out there, they'll see that and be like, holy shit, I'm, I use that fucking yeast all the time. So this is really great for people that don't homebrew that are going to be able to now pinpoint certain flavors and stuff in a, in a beer. 
And then for homebrewers that are are anxious about picking a specific yeast, <clears throat> because a lot of it's word of mouth. You find out like who used this yeast for this beer or who used that yeast for that beer. Now, again, you know, different companies use different yeast. White Labs has its own like Hefeweizen yeast, but so does Weinhestefana. And they'll put that, there's a Weinhestefana type of yeast. And then there's like a English ale yeast that you could put in Hefeweizen and stuff like that. So it gets a little complicated. But uh, so what they have here is on the can, which is great. They have symbols of what the beer is going to taste like. And they also have it in the text. It's citrus, dang, and pine. They have like a little orange on there, a little hop cone, and they also have a little pine tree. And Flagship does this with their beers. When they package it, they put like little graphics on there to let you know what it's all about and how it's going to taste. So let's go on to a little bit of the uh, article here. It says, yeast and fermentation education are a big part of what White Labs does. If you didn't know, White Labs Inc. is an international company headquartered in San Diego that provides liquid yeast, fermentation product services, Analysis and yes, education to industries ranging from beer to distilling. On the learning side, it puts up a workshop. Uh, it puts up, it puts on workshops that range from yeast essentials to the many flavors of fermentation. During the pandemic, White Labs even hosted free webinars. Oh fuck, I missed it. Free webinars topics that range from building a lab on a budget to high temperature fermentation processes that are usually Kevik or Keviak um, yeast, but nonetheless. Uh, on top of producing fermentation products and educating about them, White Labs also operates customer-facing locations in San Diego with a brewery and tasting room and Asheville, North Carolina with a restaurant uh, where it teaches consumers how yeast can both make great beer and food. Now White Labs is packaging the beer it brews for the very first time, in part to help showcase the different yeast strains it sells. Uh, this first release is its signature Taberer IPA brewed with two different yeasts, the WLP001 California Ale and WLP008 East Coast Ale. And from the press release, it reads, quote, I love talking about the science of yeast and its impact on beer aroma and flavor. Opening a brewery, was the way that we could show this impact. But not everyone can visit our San Diego tasting room or Asheville uh, kitchen and tap uh, brew pub. Our first can release beer furthers our company's mission and allows consumers to experience the impact of yeast and fermentation in their own homes. We hope it gives beer fans and aficionados another way to look at and talk about great craft beer available globally, stated Chris White, founder and CEO of White Labs. According to the release, White Labs Taberer IPA is named after Horace Taberer Brown, a British chemist who shared a passion for science and brewing. While working as a brewer in the late 1800s, he set up a small lab on site, which became the first record of a scientist using a microscope at a brewery. Our most popular beer blends science with craft in this interpretation of East meets West style duo of India Pale Ales. Taber IPA will be available in a mixed four-pack of 16-ounce cans. Each four-pack will have two beers, each with different yeast strains, the 001 and the 008, which is the California and the East Coast uh, style ale uh, yeast, the beer will be available for sale directly through the company's tasting room in San Diego Kitchen and Tap in Asheville for shipment to California and North Carolina through their uh, Yeast Man online store. I would fucking love to get my hands on this. Now, you know, guys, when we talk about beer, all we ever talk about is the hops. I mean, really and truly, that's all that's ever really spoken about is the hops. But what we need to take into account is that the yeast plays a huge role in brewing, right? If there's no yeast, there's, if there's no yeast, there's no beer, there's no alcohol, there's no carbonate. Well, I mean, you could force carbonate, but still, uh, the yeast is a huge part in terms of flavor and stuff. And the fact that I really like this, that the fact that they give you a four pack and two are of the one yeast and two are of the other yeast to make the same beer, that is really going to open your right now. I hope, I really hope that maybe you can contact White Labs to see what kind of hops that they're using because now you're going to be able to pinpoint the flavor of the hops and the flavor of the yeast in the same beer, in the same pack, two different beers, two of the same different beers. It's crazy. It's just really, really awesome. I think that's really cool. And it's, and it's so innovative. And I really hope that there are, maybe there, there, I don't know. Can you do that as a brewery? 
I hope that one day some of the craft breweries in the oh sorry about that. Some of the craft breweries in the community follow suit and do something similar in terms of this type of expanding on your palate and understanding and learning what it is that you're that you're drinking because for a lot of craft beer drinkers it's more than just a beverage it's it's a culture and it's a community and this is a really cool part of it and I think it's really neat. So shout out to White Labs for what they're doing. I think it's awesome. Next up, we have an article here from uh, goodbeerhunting.com. A petition of grievances following layoffs. State guilds implore Brewers Association to reinstate National Guild's manager. And this is by Brian Roth, written right before the 4th of July. And here's the gist of it. On the morning of July 2nd, 25 directors from more than 20 brewers' guilds across the country emailed a letter to their parent leadership organization, the Brewers Association, also known as the BA, Uh, calling on the trade group to reinstate the role of State Brewers Guild manager. The BA eliminated that position previously held by Acadia Coast a week earlier on June 25th. The The job was cut as part of a round of layoffs, which we read about last week or last episode, that also included membership coordinator and member services position. Other prominent staff let go included Craft Beer Program Director Julia Herz, Director of the American Homebrewers Association, Gary Glass, and Event Associate Director, Catherine Porter Drapier. When contacted by Good Beer Hunting Coast, uh, declined to comment. Brewers Association didn't reply to requests uh, for comment to the publication at this time. The letter shared with Good uh, Beer Hunting by one of its signees was addressed to the Brewers Association CEO, Bob Pease, and the BA's Board of Directors, In the letter, the Guild says uh, that a national manager is crucial to their work at a time when many are struggling for economic survival. With the loss of revenue from events because of COVID-19, many Guilds are fighting to stay financially viable while their own member breweries are asking for guidance. The letter identified Guild's manager Coast as the Guild's primary BA liaison, who, quote, provides invaluable guidance and services to our Guilds. Uh, and here are the states that signed the guild leaders from Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Connecticut, Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Idaho, Kansas, Louisiana, Los Angeles County, Maryland, Minnesota, Montana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Rhode Island, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Wisconsin, and Wyoming. The letter calls the BA's elimination of the position, coupled with the cut of financial assistance from the guild grant program from earlier this year, as contradictory to its mission. It signals, quote, our guilds and our boards that we are now on our own, the letter reads. Without a dedicated resource to address state needs, the BA has diminished the impact guilds can have at a local and regional level. Here's why it matters, according to the author here. The letter indicates a growing rift between the core constituencies of the BA's membership and its executive leadership. The guilds assert that their state and regional level organizations are fundamental to the BA's mission to, quote, promote and protect American craft brewers, their beers, and the, con- and the community of brewing enthusiasts, enthusiasts. But the BA's choice to reduce the guild's, the guild's grant and support staff has sent a different message. Notably, it's counter to what the Brewers Association has long said is key for its best way to function encouraging members to guide discussions and decisions regarding what the BA should do with its lobbying, education, and other support programs. The loss of state guild managers disconnected from the direct line makes it less clear of who's leading who. You have guilds of all sizes and ages who are, tr- who are struggling. Then to find out that we're losing the primary support and contact that we have with the BA is just horrifying. We've lost our funding. We're vulnerable in our guilds, says Mary McDonald. Executive Director of the Ohio Brewers Guild. The letter essentially questions the BA's priorities as the country deals with a recession that has impacted bottom lines across all businesses and industries. While the national organization has to lay off key members, it's kept its executive team intact. In announcing an initial round of layoffs on April 27th, the BA committed to operational budget cuts as well, excuse me, operational budget cuts as well as tiered salary reductions for our management team. The BA's announcement didn't specify what the reductions were or what they would do in terms of the amount of its savings. 
According to the group's most recent IRS filings, uh, CEO Bob Pease earned $341,000 in compensation in 2018, plus $44,000 in estimated other compensation from the organization and related organizations. That's down from the $409,000 that he earned in 2017, uh, and more than Charlie Papazian earned uh, in the same position of $258,000 in 2014. So it's a money thing that's going on here. And it's also going to hurt these guilds that are there to actually, I mean, the, the Brews Association is the lobby for craft beer in the United States uh, against the big boys. And I have an article here that I'm going to share to the three beers in Facebook. It's way too big for me to read from slate.com, which is a push to try to break up big beer. And this is a big part of it is that the Brews Association is the check against the big beer and is the, is the place where, there is a centralized communication of what the direction of, of craft beer is moving. And if that breaks up, it could, it could really hurt the industry and really hurt uh, the players and the people that are involved. So I got to make sure that I make a note to put this on and to make sure I get that article out there because people need to read about this because it's important that, um, that the Brewers Association gets their shit together. I mean, yeah, you're, you're making hundreds of that. You're making a six figure salary here. But uh, I just don't want to see craft beer fall to the wayside. It's it's too great of an industry for me and for a lot of you that are listening. So let's hope that uh, that doesn't happen. The Beer Review. Check me out, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so here. I know how I said to you before, check all of your cans, right? It's very important. I got here a four point... Oh, wait, was it? 5.6% alcohol by volume. Salcony Creek independently brewed unicorns on a road trip. A New England style India pale ale. A Nihapa from Pennsylvania. Look at the bottom of the can. Canned on December 29th, 2019. Okay. That was six months ago. That's not something you really want, but here it is. Okay. We got it. We're pouring it. It's better than it was being a year old. So a six-month-old New England style IPA, which is the beer that they say you have to have as fresh as possible. So we'll see what we get. I'm hopeful, uh, as I always am when it comes to beers. We'll see what happens. So I'm pouring it out right now. I'm trying to be slow because the, the heat and humidity down here is very funny with what it does to the beers. Pour it out here. We got a... A very good-looking uh, golden yellow hazy offering here with about three fingers ahead. Uh, pretty fluffy-looking head right there and sustaining pretty decently. Uh, let's have a look at the carbonation, if we could see it through the sweat. It's carbonating pretty well. Looks good. I had one before, so it's it's consistent with what, the, what I had before. It's got a good look to it. It really does. Um, I really hope I really hope that it's a bomb. I was hoping big time that it was a bomb. It's been so long. I've been searching for a juice bomb on this show, man. Fucking send me one here. Uh, let's get a nose on it, shall we? Here, there's an excellent dank aroma going on here. Okay, deep pine sniffs as we go throughout. A touch of sweetness. Oh, there's like a lemonade sweet smell to it. Like a citrusy sweet aroma. Dank though. It's got a good dank aroma, which is something that is just missing sometimes with a lot of IPAs. This one is really hitting home with the dankness. Loving it. But it's tropical. Some mango in there. It's got like this really dankness to it that I really like. I mean, I could smell this beer all day. Honestly, I've said that before on the show and like sometimes the aroma really hits me when it comes to um, to to some uh, Niepas or, or any other IPA, so to speak. This one's really good, though. <sighs> Great aroma. Multi sweetness is in there, too, slightly. It's like covered up by that just dank hop aroma. <sighs> it smells good. Let's get a taste here, shall we? Oh, man, it's good. 
I had high hopes for this beer. Now, it, it may be the fact that it was canned on December 29, 2019. I don't know. Who knows? Because you want to have a beer that is uh, as fresh as possible. Also, shout out to them. They have a little bit of a unicorn thing going on. They got a Bronco beer, a unicorn stomping on lantern flies, Pegasus on inline skates, which I think is cool. You know, uh, Dad Jokes Brewed IPA. Some of the stuff coming out of this uh, brewery, so to speak. One Pilsner, uh, the Cuts Down Golden Bear. Um, Let me see what they have for wheats here. It it seems like a pretty neat little place. It looks like it was a car dealership that they turned into a um, a, uh, brewery. It's got some awards. Farm Show Best. Best Farm Show Gold Barrel Age Oak Trippel. So... Or triple, so they have a uh, Belgian under their belt that won an award here, and they also have hold on, rate beers best in twenty thirteen best new brewer. So good, they got some they got some accolades under their belt. So with this beer here, I, I took a sip and I said it stops just short of a juice bomb, and that is slightly disappointing. Not because of the beer, but because of me, you know, because. As you guys know, I've been searching all of this season, which is season three, I think, right? Is it season three? Oh, man, that burp. Oh, it's got good burps. It's got slightly good burps. Hang on here. I got to go back in the archives here. Yeah, we're season three right now, right? I think we've been in season three. We're trying to hit season four at some point. We will soon. Soon Soon-ish. This whole season I've been waiting and trying to find a juice bomb and I saved the best quote unquote for last as I thought it would be it and let's not take that away from what this beer has to offer because you know we have a good aroma here right there is like a good dankness that I had I really enjoyed the dankness of this beer a little bit of mango there in the uh, in the aroma, but the, the taste stops just short of a juice bomb. It's zesty. It's slightly sweet. It has a very interesting and delicious, well, not delicious because I don't think you could use that as a word, but a very enjoyable bitterness, pithy bitterness at the end of it. Mm. Which I actually like a lot, that bitterness at the end. It creeps in pretty harshly. Not harshly. Let me not use the word. It creeps in sneakily. Like a little secret agent man in the middle of the night there. The mouth feels very pleasant. Uh, I really wish that it was more dank in the flavor. Like it followed the nose there a little bit. But I really like that bitterness at the end. I feel like that the piney tones that you get in the aroma could be a little bit more prominent in the flavor there. It doesn't really quite hit the mark following the nose, so to speak. But it's still good, though. Really and truly, it's still good, though. I I enjoy drinking this beer. Mm. Mm. When I when I say this is a new a niapa, so to speak, I mean it, it depends on what they did in the brewing process. Apparently, there's more of an emphasis on the dry hopping. Which is why that aroma is there. But we're not getting the juice bomb. We're not getting the fullness. It's a little astringent. It's not very full bodied. It's medium bodied. Um, and and it's, it just doesn't really quench you. There's a bitterness at the end there that I actually like. But I wouldn't like it in a Niepa, so to speak. It checks all the boxes of like a standard Niepa. But it's not, in the, it's not in the elites, you know, at all. It's got that bitterness there. That is enjoyable for me, like I said. But again, I just, you know, it's like a minor league baseball in the APA. You know, it could hit a home run or two, but you won't see it uh, taking the field at the Yankee Stadium. You just won't. Because that's not what's happening here. But I mean, it is a good beer, though. Um, a solid beer. Unicorns on a road trip. I like the can. It's got the uh, the highway symbol of Pennsylvania, that little octagonish looking box. I'm sure there's a word for it. Uh, or, or uh... So I was going to give it... I was going to give it a, a 6, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 6.4. 6.4, fair beer drinker's score because it's not too terrible. Well, let me not say that. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. 
apologies to Sacony Creek uh, Brewing Company saying that it's not so terrible. It's actually pretty good. It's just not a juice bomb. It's not your over-the-top New England style IPA, Niepa. I think if I had it, you know, a little bit sooner because it's six months old, maybe the offering, the, the flavors would be a little bit better for me. But but all set, all that setting, uh, you know, set aside, it's pretty good. I'm not repulsed by it by any means. I think it's got a good citrusy flavor to it. It's got a good pop to it. I think 6.4 is good. You know, it's a good beer. It's not a great beer, but it's a good beer. You know, if I was in the area, yeah, I'd stop there and see what they got to offer. You know, see what's going on. But uh, that's it. That's the end of the show. But before I hit the uh, the cue, the music for the bitter end. Oh, which one is it? Is it this one? Which one is the music? Nope, that's the lady. Nope. The, no, that's the... There it is. Okay, before I cue the music, I just want to say this real quick. I'm going to make sure that I get the article up on the website for you guys. Not the website, excuse me. The Facebook for you guys to read. Okay, 2020 has been a bit rough for all craft beer drinkers out there, but guess what? 2020 is going to get a little bit better because pumpkin beer and Oktoberfest are just weeks away. Just a heads up to you guys. It's coming. It's going to be hitting the stores in just a couple of weeks. Hold on to your hats. There is a fuck ton of beer in Germany that was waiting for this Oktoberfest that's going to be released to us. I know it's coming there's going to be a plethora of Oktoberfest for you out there. Non-craft and, I mean, German and craft alike. Pumpkin beer's coming back. We're going to be all right, okay? Everything's going to be fine. The show will go on. We are stocked and ready to go. We're not afraid of COVID. We're not afraid of monsoons. We're not afraid of anything. Three Beers In will go on. Make sure you go to www.threebeersin.com. That's where we got all the episodes ever released on the show. You can find us anywhere podcasts are really found. And don't forget, drop me a line to contact us or hit the merch tab. Grab yourself a shirt. I'm not making much on the shirts, guys. $2.95 a shirt. It's, it's really nothing. Phone cases. We got mugs. We got it all. Consider jumping on that and helping me buy a beer. Buy me a beer. That's all I'm asking. But I love you guys. Listen, hey. We're gonna be we're gonna be drinking boots of Marzins at home and Zoom calling our friends, but I'll be drinking some Oktoberfest beer with you guys in the upcoming weeks. Thank you all for listening, to episode one hundred seventy one of this show, six point four four unicorns on a road trip. Love you guys. I will catch you next week. There's no holiday, right? I'm coming back next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening. Love you all. You guys are the greatest. You're the reason I do the show. Hey, take care, everybody. Stay safe and cheers. Man.